yourself. Hey, everybody. It's another episode of Go Flix Yourself. My name is Ben Conowitz, and with me as always, and kind of this time, is Bradford Omen. Hey, that's me. I'm far away <laughs> in a mystical land called Utah. With the home of the Utes. Yes, there are a lot of Utes here. From the movie that I'm talking about, which is... Cousin Vinny. Yay! Cousin Vinny. Okay, I was making sure you got that. Good good for you, buddy. Hey, I like movies. Proud of you. Uh, with us, uh, as always, uh, as well, Mr. Nate Laux. I thought you were going to say the Mormon to your youth. Um, <laughs> yes, I am here, and I am excited about being here. I've missed you guys. It's, I know it's only been a week. I was going to say the, the Utah to my Indiana. But that that's slamming Utah, and I didn't want to slam Utah because I, wow. I do lo- I do love Utah. No, Utah, very kind people. Yeah, very yeah, very kind. nice. I, people. It's, I I worry a little bit that Brad is there. Yeah, because I don't want that to rub they're, off. On they're them. gonna keep him, uh, or he's gonna yeah. come back with that Utah attitude, all nice and shit. <laughs> yep, remember I bring cookies and a sack full of toys. So uh, said that I wasn't gonna bring it up, but I'm gonna bring it up. Last week was a little bit of a rougher episode because I had uh, uh, a couple of friends on that don't watch movies, and that's my fault. Uh, Corey is a good friend of mine, but I I kind of begged him to be on the show, and he was like, "Dude, I don't watch movies." I'm like, "Come, it'll be fine." And then you know, uh, maybe maybe next time I'll listen to my friend Corey. I thought we had one rule here, in that there's only one guy that sucks at movie podcasting, and that's me. <laughs> I've already filled that role, buddy. <laughs> Also, it's really funny to me that you had to beg him to be on. You know, it's it's like it's like Michael Jordan begging Dale Earnhardt Jr. to play basketball with him. That well, thank you for calling me Michael Jordan, buddy. That really makes, means yeah, a lot I to me. Say that's like the highest. That's compliment. a really high compliment. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I I'm going to insult you and compliment you at the same time. So, right, so you're. I mean, you, I think Utah is rubbing off on him because that's literally the nicest thing he's ever said to me. I, I <laughs> don't know what to do right I, now. I, I'm honestly, I, I, I can't I, even think. Are we, what what <laughs> podcast is this? He just sent me a heart emoji. What the fuck? Brad, are you, you okay? complete me. Okay, guys, check the door. I just door dashed you some cookies. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Brad? Stay in Utah for everybody. <laughs> this That's is fun. really working out for us. <laughs> We're loving this. <laughs> so anyway, welcome you first timers. It's a movie podcast where we talk about the latest movies that we've been assigned to each other and also uh, the latest movies we, uh, we've we seen other than that. Uh, and we talk about some trailers and it's, yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, Brad, I know that you're all the way out in the in the wonderful land of the youths. Do they have uh, movies or, there, Brad? Do they have, the, number one, do they have movies? They have uh, one theater uh, and it just plays. It's a wonderful life over and over again. And, and the, regardless of whether it's Christmas. Do they have sponsors? They do have sponsors. And did you bring a sponsor today? Is it like Aunt Millie's um, (laughs) chocolate bombs or whatever that was? (laughs) Uh, You know what? No, today is is just an old fashioned favorite sponsor of mine. Uh, Milk. (laughs) From the udder. We all all love Christmas. Uh, We all all love Christmas snacks. And one of my favorite Christmas snacks that comes around every holiday season is the the Little Debbie Christmas tree cakes. How, How do you guys feel about those? I, I don't know that I've. Yeah, I don't think since I was like eleven, I've had one. Oh my goodness, guys! You you need to to go to the store and pick yourself up a box of these because they are a, a Yuletide favorite of mine, and I get a, I get one box every year. Uh, usually have it uh, several weeks before Christmas is is uh, here, and they're gone. And uh, I had a I had a big one today that I got at the store. It's it's already gone, but uh, that's that's the sponsor <laughs> that's, for today. Here they're there. Yeah, I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna munch into the microphone because I enjoyed it today and it was delicious. I thought that maybe you're gonna be like and look inside the futon. 
and the couch because I left some for you. Uh, wouldn't that have been so fun? <laughs> yeah, it would have been really uh, a lot of foresight would have gone. No, no, that. get your own fucking snacks. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks to the little Debbie people. Yeah, no, it's for sincerely and utterly writing the check. Uh, we little Debbie, here's to you. So I had a friend from uh, elementary school, and his dad was a little Debbie delivery driver. And oh, yeah, no. So we got to go. <laughs> <over>. <laughs> <laughs> Did that turn you on? <laughs> oh, so no, here, Brad. Oh, oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> Go I'm on. You, it was an unlimited supply of little Debbies. Literally, they. I don't. Even, so the man stole from oh, his job. Um, unbelievable amounts. <laughs> like it was like whenever we be like you know he was my best friend. I spent the night over there all the time in elementary school. And like whenever we were hungry, we just go to his dad's truck and like, hey, let's take some more little Debbies. And I'm that was probably illegal. <laughs> Yeah, it's not. I'm, I'm pretty sure they have like an inventory they have to keep track Here, of. Here's the thing. Ryan's truck just keeps coming up. He, 47 Christmas trees light. Now that I'm sharing this story, I can see that there's some issues. <laughs> <laughs> on, a, on a similar uh, note, though, not as, ele- not, the, not not as, as illegal, illegal. Um, our friend of the pod, uh, Sarah Gorecki, and we've had Katie Gorecki on as well. Uh, I think we had Lizzie Gorecki on too, actually. Uh, what about Dr. Gorecki? Yes, so he hasn't been on, no. Uh, but no, their family, uh, their house was used in a Pizza Hut commercial some years ago. And because of that, they get free Pizza Hut whenever the hell they want it. So, like, there would be times when we would over, be over at the house and they would just order pizza, whatever, however much pizza they wanted, and they would just, they would just get it for free. There was, like, a Pizza Hut black card? I, I mean, I don't know if it was a card or if like, like how do you, how do you like, like, hey, hey, the uh, people told me I get free pizza. And the the like poor, like 16 <laughs> year old that works there is like, ah, uh, so all right. The way that it worked at Albano's Pizza when I was uh, uh, an employee there. It's a hometown pizza. Uh, place for oh, yeah. Sorry. That's not a national chain. I forgot. <laughs> it. Uh, for, you, for you people in New Zealand, uh, Albano's, go to your local store. But uh, there's a, a roofer in town that, ha- that that did a roof on the building. And then he, he just asked to get paid in pizza. And so he would just come in and everybody knew who it was. And he was just like, oh, he's here. And he was just like, whatever it was. And he would go into the manager's office and write down the total and like do the math and be like, this is how much he has left. That was the official system. That's hilarious. It was crazy. And so you saw years of pizza orders from you know, just total after total years. It was awesome. Years. Years. Well, I still think having a friend that's dad's a little Debbie guy wins. So. Yeah, Brad. Wait, try to one up the story again. I, I, we failed. I'm sorry. I mean, pizza that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. But, but I got the little Debbie's. But yeah, you. I. It wasn't like the roofer came in and was like, "Hey, Ben. By the way, pizza on me." <laughs> hey, that hey. never happened. <laughs> you want to slice this, buddy? Did you? How much pizza did you get, Brad? Uh, I mean, I would say like out of one out of every like four times those are the Greckies, they would probably order Pizza Hut. So oh, you know, it's so a, bad. Also, Nate's first, your yeah, second. I'm a distant third. Yeah. Okay, no, that's fair. Much like as life. it goes, as it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, coughing into the microphone. Uh, so, uh, uh, who do who wants to start here, uh, Brad? You know what? Let's start with you, buddy. What's uh, was either the last movie? You said, do you want to do assignments first? Let's do assignments first. Sure. All right. Who who assigned yeah, you this? Did week? I assign you a movie? Who assigned you? Yeah, Nate. Nate assigned me a movie. Uh, he assigned me the Feast of the Seven oh, Fishes. Yes, yes, I did give you that. Yes, one. Right. yes, you did. Uh, <laughs> Funnily enough, this was a movie that you brought up a long time ago, and I didn't believe that it was a real movie because it sounded like a phony, like mm-hmm. uh, made-for-TV religious Christmas movie starring yep. Kirk Cameron. Yeah, uh, but it's actually a very real movie from 2018, uh, directed by Robert Tinelli. 
Uh, it stars Skylar uh, Gisando, who you might recognize um, as playing uh, Ben Stiller's son in one of the Night at the Museum movies. He was also in the uh, newest Vacation movie with uh, Ed Helms as uh, their as uh, their son. He was also in Righteous uh, Gemstones. Yes, Righteous Gemstones as well. Um, and for for the the long time. Uh, Airbud fans out there. He's also the voice of B Dog in movies such as Treasure Buddies, Santa Buddies, Space Buddies, and Snow Buddies. Obviously, so of course, yeah, of course. So pl- please add that to the the history of Airbud on this podcast. Um, but yeah, so this is. Um, I, I watched the trailer after you told me about this because I wanted to see what it actually was, and it felt like something that was right up my alley. It uh, feels like a. Uh, a coming of age indie kind of Christmas story focuses on this Italian family. Uh, Skylar Gisando plays this uh, kid who's about ready to go off to college. He wants to go to art school, but he's not uh, feeling too confident about telling his dad who wants him to take over uh, their, 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 their fish market shop uh, in, in town. And it's in this small town in um, that feels like, it honestly reminded me of South Bend. Did you feel like that, Nate? Yeah, it, it, it's it's like a, a river. It's it's like a Rust Belt river town. So it could be yeah. many places in Pennsylvania. It could be South Bend. It could be river area, like a Ohio River area in uh, uh, Ohio kind of thing. But yes, it, it feels very blue collar, very uh, Rust Belty. Yeah, yeah, and it's um, it, it's this is a very uh, lovely movie, very nice movie. I didn't fall in love with it only because I felt like I I wanted there to be a little bit more of a connection between um, the main character and his father to really like create some, uh, a little bit more of a, uh, a significant relationship because the stakes for him telling his dad about going to school didn't really feel like there was, there was much there to grasp onto to like actually care about it. They, they make you care more about the, uh, the budding romance with this girl who is basically from the, the rich side of town. They, they call her a cake eater. Uh, and so there's a budding uh, romance here among the, the coming of age stuff as well. But this, um, it's, it's she's really from just Jumanji. Like, what it, what it, yes. what her name is? But she's from yeah, Jumanji. she she yeah she plays she also plays kind of the um, the the like rich you know kind of snobby white white girl in Jumanji mm-hmm. as well. So it's um I this is it's, it's just to me I just felt like this was like a nice like fam charming family hangout movie. At, at times I wished. Uh, the script was a little more polished and it was like a little bit funnier, but at the same time, I also kind of appreciated just like how low key it was and how like, it almost felt like a movie that would have come out like in like the the late seventies or sometime in the eighties where like you just spend time with this family and there's not like any huge peaks or valleys as far as like drama and stuff like that. Um, But yeah, it was, it was a very nice movie. I I enjoyed it for sure. And and what I love about it too is, is, it is very cultural, right? The Feast of the Seven Fishes is a thing that that Catholics in that area do. It is, uh, it is. So it's named after this, this essentially this Advent slash Christmas, you know, heritage thing that people do for food. I agree with you, Brad. Um, I, I think they probably could have made a better decision of where they wanted the most conflict to be in the film, um, because there there is a little. There's obviously economic conflict between the haves and the have-nots. There's familial conflict. There's even cultural kind of yeah, you know, sure. grandma doesn't speak English barely kind of thing. You know, um, and she's very much against someone who's not a you know a, a Italian, Italian Catholic. Catholic. Yeah, um, but for a Christmas movie came out just a couple years ago. I thought it, it kind of went under the radar and it was a pretty good film to go under the radar, honestly. And, uh, I've put it in my, my, my Christmas list of movies I watch each season now. So yeah, not bad at all. Uh, if you want to seek it out, uh, it, you can watch it, uh, on Peacock or it's on for free on Hoopla, which is a library driven service. It's on a bunch of the, the ad driven, uh, streaming services. So yeah, feel free to seek it out. 
Ben, what did you watch? Uh, I watched Klaus. Oh, who gave you that? I believe it was you. You haven't seen seen Klaus yet. I mean, I have now. Yeah, that's great. I love Klaus. I watched it today. Oh, did you? Because I was running out of time. and I Yeah, I watched my movie today, too. Came home and was like, oh, I got to plow through this one real quick. Uh, But no, I mean, obviously, from the get, you can tell from the opening. So this is an animated film. Came out in 2019. On Netflix. On Netflix. Um, uh, a little, a little more stylized than your typical. It, it reminded me a little bit of like Kubo and the Two Strings, a little bit like it, it, not, not exactly that artsy. Yeah, the, the animation is beautiful. It's though. gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know from the opening credits where, where the letters drop immediately. That the, oh wow, this is something different, and that kind of carries through all the way. Like it's a beautiful movie, and very, it's a great story. Uh, the the voice acting, sure, there are some famous people that lend their voices, but it's not stunt casted at all. Uh, J.K. Simmons plays uh, Santa Claus. I think it is great as Santa. He's amazing. Yeah. And the like, the ho 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 is like, wait, that's how you laugh? So it's an origin story, a, a separate origin story of Santa Claus about a young, uh, you know, privileged asshole kid whose father is a postman. And once our postmaster general wants him to send uh, wants to send his, his son to the, the worst place on earth, basically, to start a postal service uh, as kind of punishment. Because he's frustrated. He's, yeah, he's like, you're, you're either going to do this or you're not, or I'm cutting you off completely. So he sends them up to basically the Arctic Circle to a, a, a town called something like Smithery Town or whatever it is. It's 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 very, very gray. And one of the first voices that I heard that I was like, oh, Norm MacDonald plays. Yeah. The yep. boatman that carries him across this like r- w- lake or whatever uh, to this kind of island town, and my God, Norm Macdonald is perfectly cast as that character. He's such a dick. Oh, oh, really? Oh, yeah. That's a. Oh no, you should see it in the spring. That's really warm. It's, <laughs> it's just the way he talks is amazing. Uh, so yeah, of course, boy meets girl type situation. There's a family. Uh, there's two families that have been feuding for generations, um, and then it is eventually a story of redemption and. And loss, honestly, and and grief, and and there's there's just a lot of growth from the characters, but it's not cliche. I I want you to go out of your way this Christmas season and watch this movie because not only is it beautifully done, but it tells an actually uh, like a very very good uh, moral story, but it doesn't beat you over the head with it. And I really like that. Yeah, it was one of yeah. those films that when we watched, uh, we didn't expect it to have as much heart as it did. Exactly. Uh, and because you've seen a lot of films, especially you know like. Uh, Santa Claus origin stories, right? right. You, obviously, the Santa Claus, these kind of things. And I didn't expect... And what I liked about it is the origin story for it was pretty unique. It wasn't yeah. anything that we'd seen before. We love this film as well. Yeah. My kids love this Great. film. We watch Great. it every year. It's one of those, if you're an adult listening to this podcast right now, your kids are going to love it, and you're going to love it. Yeah, that, you, and you obviously we, we don't always, have kids. And you, we strive for that, right, in this podcast, recommending things that everybody literally in the family would enjoy. And this is one of those that is, it checks all the boxes. Yeah, it's just it's just really is wonderful. It's like just such a cool approach to uh, the Santa Claus story, and just just like uh, giving him an origin that feels uh, grounded, you know, and like uh, real. And it's fun. It's very funny. Yeah, it is very, very funny. funny. And, and it, to your point, uh, Ben, there were some surprisingly emotional moments yeah. in here that I didn't expect. I didn't to see have a lot of that, it. and I won't spoil anything because um, I really want you to watch this. But man, a couple times I'm like, Am I? no, I'm not. I'm not tearing up at a stupid animated. You are. It's you. You're dumb, not me. me um, 
but yeah, no, animation is beautiful. Voice yeah. acting is really great, yeah. and the story is just wonderful. It's just a good movie. How about you, Nate? What uh, what did we force you to watch? So my buddy Ben uh, gave me a film that I hadn't seen, which I'd wanted to see. So that's always fun. By the way, this is and for those of you that maybe are are newer to the show, Nate is a Christmas fanatic. So finding a Christmas style movie for him a little hard to do. I watched like four Christmas movies this year, this, <laughs> this week of like this week. of the the dumb like. There's a couple on Netflix. There's one on free. free is it freebie? What what is the one the Quibi? 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 No, no, no. The one that um I think the Weird Al one came out on. What is that one? Oh, Roku. Roku. I know, but they have a name for it, I think. Uh their no, no, Roku, the Roku channel is okay. what it what it is. Tubi? Maybe there's a different one. Maybe it's there's, Tubi. Yeah, there's Tubi, there's there's Freebie, yeah. there's Fubo. Because there was one there with <laughs> now you're just making shit up, Brad. No, I no, wish no, I was. No. I wish I was. There's Barco, there's Mix Max, there's Doggo. I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding you. I've watched so many Christmas movies this week. It's ridiculous trying to find a good like lifetime type Christmas movie. And I'm going to tell you this did not find any this week, but I did watch a good movie um, that was uh, recommended to me by my buddy, Ben Conowitz, uh, a film that I'm actually really surprised. I haven't seen this. I do like rom-coms as well. And this is uh, while you were sleeping, which was made back in the nineties um, starring America's sweetheart, Sandra Bullock, who I just, I, I'll say it. I love her. Yep. I just do. Um, even today, she's in a she film. She can she's do in a film. no wrong. She's <laughs> just a. She truly like a is. fine wine aging. Oh to perfection. my word! Yep. Um, she's yeah. just so. And this is kind of at the height or, or at the beginning. So this is, I think, the first major movie she had after Speed. She had a made-for-TV movie can't come out in between. So this is kind of the one really early where her career was just becoming the biggest thing. Because prior right? prior to Speed, she had like the net. And like love potion number nine. Yeah, there were there were some really like nothing, questionable. Yeah, I mean she was making stuff, but nothing that really rocketed her to star status. Status. Um, and then after this, I think a time to kill came out, which I loved as well. But this is this is the type of movie where you get white people fell in love with Sandra Bullock. She's so stinking lovable. Um, I, I was gonna say charismatic, but it, it she's certainly charismatic, but lovable is the word you just can't help but, but fall in love with her so the movie is essentially about she uh also let me add i love films any film that's set in chicago i we're we're in the shadow of chicago where we're at i love chicago um i love the city dearly and so any film that i can actually recognize places in which you can in this uh she worked at a CT, cta station i think on randolph i think um and so she she's working at a CTA station as a train worker, essentially, for those that don't know, and um, and taking tickets, these kind of things. And she falls in love with this guy that comes and gets a ticket all the time by, by Peter Gallagher. And his name is Peter, actually, as well, in the film. And he falls into the train, goes into a coma. She goes to the hospital. She, a nurse overhears her talking about how she was going to marry him because again in her ma- in her mind she had never talked to this guy really but in her mind she was going to marry him and have this great life right um so she, it's overheard and essentially a comedy of errors befalls them so somebody thinks it um and then she's playing this part now um it's like it's like all those all those TV shows when I was a kid that I hated. Just tell the truth and it won't get any worse. But she won't. Yeah, and it just keeps getting it worse. It does. And then it's, there's a, and obviously and there's lots of comedy in that. Um, the conflict in the film falls uh, comes when Bill Pullman, who plays uh, Peter Gallagher's younger brother, uh, he comes into this situation and she falls in love with him. Legitimately falls in love with this guy. And so she's got this farcical relationship with a guy who 
comes out of coma doesn't know her, right? Um, and they're like, oh, you must have amnesia kind of thing. Um, and then she's got this real love, but now she's caught in this bind, right? It all blows up um, at the wedding. What? Be, yeah, obviously. Um, but at the end, because again, it's one of those films where you think they're going to fade to black and nobody wins. Everyone's going to, you know, everyone's just going to lose out on this. But at the end, Bill Pullman, God bless him. God bless Bill Pullman. Comes in and there's a happily ever after with them. Uh, I, I really enjoyed this film. Honestly, it was just and it, and and you had said, Ben, in our text thread that, you know, it, it might not be super Christmassy. It felt Christmassy to me. Because uh, it takes place over Christmas. the holidays, yep. um, you know, enough. So there's enough tangential relationship there with because for you, I had to find something. Yeah, no, but I, I really enjoyed it. And and again, rom-coms are great around Christmas. Uh, so at any it point was, in the film, uh, did did any character say like, wait, uh, wh- when did all this happen? And then somebody got to say, well, while you were sleeping. Uh, actually, yes, at the end. It does happen? Yeah, it is at okay. the end. Uh, I actually, I, I looked that up just to make sure because I'm like, I don't know if they did, but it was at the end and it was, when did you fall in love? And it was while gotcha, you were sleeping. Gotcha, gotcha. Yep. The titular line. Yep. So it's at the end. All right. Uh, great, great film, though. I recommend it. I got, obviously, old film. It's from the 90s. If you're like me, didn't end up watching it when it was in the mid-90s, go back and watch it. it it's worth it. Uh, Brad, any other movies this week for you? Nate, have you gotten a chance to watch Christmas with the Campbells yet? I did. Actually, that was one I did watch this week that I liked. Um, okay, well, let's hear it. I, I, <laughs> I, liked it. I, I didn't think it was as good as maybe I was I was led to believe. Um, <laughs> I, I liked it, though. Let, let, let me say this. I liked it. I went in. By with, who? <laughs> Uh, let's, let's be clear. I never said it was a great movie. I said it was very funny, and it's because of the you, juxtaposition you have of it, you have the it Hallmark number Holiday three Roman. on your best of films of 2022. All right. Oh my god, <laughs> not even close. This is just like Sausage Party, the the funniest <laughs> film of all time. Brad Omen. You know, so I I do this to myself all the time. This is nothing you did, Brad. This is what I do. I hear a good review, and I go in, and my my heart is a flutter right and i'm ready for a great christmas movie and it was very good it wasn't great it was very good um i i wanted to i wanted some more i wanted some more play on because i've seen so many hallmark movies i've seen i mean and it's it's silly to call it hallmark movies because that whole industry now is being copied by peacock by netflix by Amazon. i mean that whole cheesy b-list actor film around christmas is is everywhere now and why is it everywhere because people watch them they're like me they watch those films i wanted it because there are so many tropes in those films and the movie does a good job of playing off some of them i wanted some more i really did i thought the acting was great justin long was fantastic um you know it, it it was very good i i would i'll say this i highly recommend watching it this christmas season there there are Plenty of vulgar parts to it because, again, what they essentially do is, as Brad had said on a previous episode, they wrote a lifetime Hallmark Christmas movie, and then Vince Vaughn and Peter Billingsley got their hands on it. Um, yeah, and then they injected R-rated humor into it, but without changing anything about the yeah. fundamental heart or story of the Hallmark movie, even d- down to the the look. It looks and feels like a Hallmark Christmas movie. The generic 
uh, score in the background, the, the endless Christmas yep. decorations everywhere. The, also, the very, very neutral cinematography. The, the the plot that clearly has a lot of holes in it. You know, uh, yeah. like, I love no way this would happen. I love this so much because when Brad recommends a movie to Nate and says it's good, and then Nate goes, "This is." probably going to be a Casablanca and then he watches it every time and then he's let down and then I get to come in and swoop in and go cool bar set low and then now I enjoy it you will so I am the benefactor here of this relationship and I'm all here for it guys I just keep doing it uh no I I, and and please don't listen to my you know tepid review it was very good I enjoyed this film it was the best it was the best Christmas film I went I went in thinking though that this would be on my list of top five Christmas movies of all time as Brad told me it would as Brad told me it would. He led me to believe. It's a, he didn't say it's those a words. wonderful life. He didn't say those words, but they were in between they were lines. In, because of the implication. Yeah. They, and, and, here's the, and here's the thing. I will say I laughed more at Christmas with the Campbells than I did at either A Christmas Story Christmas or Spirited. Or It's a Wonderful I, Life. Because I watched Spirited uh, over the past week as well. Um, Spirited is great. I like Spirited. No, no, I, no, no. I liked it. I liked it. I think it's a very enjoyable movie. Um, I do think that it is a tad too long. And I, I, with having two people like Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds, I wanted it. I, mean, I was expecting it to be a bit funnier. Uh, I love the message that it has. I love its modern approach to a Christmas Carol, where like it creates this concept of where like you don't have to be a perfect person; you just have to try to be better. Um, I, I I like uh, how it has a, a meta take on it, um, and it still has this very you know what I have to, quality. I've got to say to this. Okay, good afternoon. Okay. Okay. Let me let me, <laughs> let me let me say something to this. So my son is in a Christmas Carol right now. He plays Tiny Tim in our local community theater. And whoa, humble Brad. Yeah, yeah. It's so I've seen I've now seen the play three times <laughs> all weekend. Um, and and I I do actually have a better appreciation for Spirited now I've seen it. But there is a scene where I I didn't realize. So I knew Good Afternoon was a thing that right. But there is a scene where Scrooge says Good Afternoon. It's when um, the uh, people are asking for money, and then his his nephew comes in and everything. He says that at least twenty times, yeah, at least I, twenty it, times. It, it's it, because it's a take on "I said good day, sir." Yeah, and, and I said good afternoon. So I I never really caught that when I watched you know when I watched the 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 film, and then I I saw the play. I'm like, oh, so this is really it's a real it's an absurd amount of times to say good afternoon. Right. So and, they and ran so with it. It's, it's I no, actually I, appreciated we the song more. Dying laughing when that song came. I mean, that's that's one of the funniest songs I've I've yeah. seen in, a, in quite some time. I was real, and maybe it was because I was watching it with friends and their kids, and we were just having such a good time anyway. But man, watching it in a little group was awesome. We were l- loving the songs. I'm not the biggest musical guy in the world. I liked this because. And Brad, maybe you can speak to this a lot more than I can. I mean, Nate as well. Um, typically, uh, like if you watch Chicago, how much dialogue to music or like singing dialogue is there? Is it? It's not 50-50. It's, it's heavier on the musical, right? Um, it, it, dep- it depends on the musical. Because I, I say that because yeah. I'm asking that because Spirited felt really 50-50. Like it felt like a, a movie with a lot of songs in it and not necessarily a full-blown musical. Is that is that? Fair no, or? no, no. Spirited feels like a full blown musical for sure. It's it's got a lot of songs in it. I would say Chicago 
is probably also on the same level because um, there's a lot of just dialogue scenes in, in Chicago, but there's a lot of music too. Um, but it's not. It's Whereas not a the musical level. like Hamilton is just almost all singing. Yeah, or, or 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 uh, or Les Mis. Yep, almost all. Yeah, so that's what I was when I was going into this. I was thinking, you know, I'm not going to love this. I, yeah. I like musicals that do have some some more dialogue to them, just to kind of set up between the songs. And when it's all singing all yep, the time, it's, it is that. harder for me. I get that. Yeah. So no, that's maybe why I really, really, really enjoyed this. Yeah, no, it was it was definitely uh, definitely a, a fun movie. I def- I enjoyed it. I just wasn't uh, absolutely in love with it. Well, I watched uh, a movie uh, that was not a musical, but it was Christmas themed, and it was called Violent Night. Oh, you saw it? Oh, you nice. I, I, I'm I seen it I'm hoping to see it this week. Yeah. Worth it? I saw it opening uh, opening night, and it was uh, it it was it was a violent night. It, it, the, the the title absolutely tells you what's going to happen. My God, do they go over the top with the gore and the violence of this film? It's uh, I I will set the bar a little low because I I was expecting it to be funnier and not not funny just when the the gore happens and that's truly what they did. They're like it'll be hilarious to watch the audience kind of react to these like really bombastic you know, actiony, violent scenes. And I, and while we all were like, literally my friend, Zach and my friend, Luke, friend of the pod, Luke, uh, we watched it together and we, in the theater, Oh, Oh, like we were doing that. Cause it's a lot, but it, there's, cause it, it, it markets itself as an action comedy. Is it it's not? A, it's really? a, it's it, they're, they're relying on the action to provide the okay. comedy. All right. And, and it happens, but, the one-liners that Santa yep. Claus gives, it's not anything to write home about. Uh, nobody's a, a better action comedy uh, than this, but because there are violent scenes in that movie as well, but for some reason, it takes the comedy to a different level, in my opinion. I, that being said, I really liked it because it was just, they they went for it, man. They really went for it. So is uh, David Harbour a great He's, Santa Claus? awesome oh, oh my so god much, yeah. is he great his the character arc they have for him in the movie actually is pretty good as well it's not just the same guy over and over again he does grow a little bit change a little bit and there are some scenes where he definitely like makes a connection with the little girl that's a hostage uh and uh, i was expecting more out of john leguizamo to be honest with you he doesn't chew the scenery nearly as much as i thought a, a guy he plays the main villain and he's got all the room in the world to chew scenery and he really plays it not straight lace but he doesn't do like a uh, uh, what's the the red main from uh, Jupiter Ascending, Brad, where he just goes crazy. Yeah, he doesn't do anything even approaching that, which he they probably would have let him. And he plays more of a, a nuanced bad guy. It's like, all right. That, that's fine. I'm so excited to see this. It's, because no, it's it, so fun. It looks uh, it looks awesome. Now, Ben, how does this compare to your favorite Christmas movie, Fat Man with Mel Gibson? <sighs> Again, that's not my favorite movie i gave that to you as an excuse so you could finally watch it you've been talking to me off the air for a long time i, I, I don't I don't want to support mel gibson but i really want to watch this movie is there any way you could you could give it to me yeah, as a movie like, that i have to watch to me then i can blame it yeah on and so i appreciate that Brad. we should have this conversation later uh no it, fat man by comparison which i have seen fat man um way less heavy on the actual yeah. brutal violence yeah take, take uh, mel gibson out as a film which one did you like better violent night for sure yeah they, they should have done more in fat man that they did in violent night that's what they set the movie up to be and then they kind of just it kind of fell flat in a few areas where it's like okay yeah it's it's if that's gonna be your premise go all in and violent night goes all in i mean there's severed heads there's freaking uh i mean vomit on people's faces it's 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 just crazy there's a level there that they're trying to get to um there is a particularly great scene that honestly is not spoiler at all there where uh they they try to set a few home alone style traps 
uh, and it really plays. Those are the biggest laughs in the movie, I think, for me personally, because it's there are real world implications for things that if you tried to do that to the Home Alone guys, we've seen those memes a thousand times. What would really happen mm-hmm. if an iron hit him in the face? Well, now you get to see it and a lot of it. And it's man, the, the way they crafted that scene and all the violence. So freaking good. So it, good. it, it, it makes sense because it was written by the same people that did Sonic the Hedgehog and Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Oh, of course, that makes perfect. And Sonic the Hedgehog has tons of brutal violence. <laughs> brutal violence. Did you see his teeth? <laughs> Oh boy! Hey, what else did you see, Brad? Anything else good? Did you watch a Did you watch a film on the plane ride out to Utah? I didn't actually, um, because I I I had my phone and uh, I didn't. It wasn't the kind of flight where they have screens in the seats, and I didn't want want to watch anything. You you did a Spirit Air, didn't you? Did you do it? (laughs) Wait, didn't you? You didn't have a a plastic bag? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Having fun. Uh, Bringing back old jokes. Yeah, so I didn't watch anything uh, new on the plane, but I did uh, go to the theaters earlier this week to see The Banshees of Inish Sharon. Yes, uh, we, we reviewed movie. that, or we talked about that on this uh, podcast. How was it? it yeah, it, uh, it's fantastic. It's uh, it's a, the new movie by Martin McDonough, uh, who previously directed In Bruges with Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson, and they are back together again in this movie. Um, it's set back in the uh, the 1920s, uh, in this island called Inisharan in in Ireland, and uh, follows uh, Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell, who are uh, are friends. But suddenly, Brendan Gleeson decides uh, he doesn't like Colin Farrell anymore, and he doesn't <laughs> want to be friends with him, and tells him to leave him alone. Is, and, this, is and, it played funnily, or is it like more? Yeah, so, so it's it, there's there's, it, there's definitely a lot of, of funny things in it. It's it's more of a dark comedy, I guess you could say. Um, it's it's kind of in the same tone as like in in, in Bruges as far as the comedy is concerned. And I love um, that movie. In Bruges is great. Yeah, no, this is this this was very funny. Like honestly, this is funnier than like some comedies tried to be. Uh, and a lot of it's just because Colin Farrell is so good at like being just kind of like incredulous and like what what's going on? Like why um, why don't you love me anymore? Yeah, so like Colin Farrell, man, he's so he's so good in this movie. Honestly, he's had such a great year between this and the Batman and After Yang. Like he's ever since they tried to stop making him an action hero, he's yep. just had the most interesting career. Because yeah, he's um, a, he's a person that can actually act. Yes, right. Like, yeah, I feel like it was for a while they were just trying yeah. to. Did you, him, did you yeah. guys see the gentleman? No. The yes the the, the um there's uh, a, another great Colin Farrell role. What's his guy? The guy Ritchie movie. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes, he's, he's yeah, he's he's great in that. Phenomenal role. in that movie. But yeah, so this um, and even like the supporting cast too. Uh, Barry Keoghan, who's in this, who was in the Eternals, and he played uh, the character that is essentially supposed to be uh, Joker in uh, the the end scene of the Batman, and uh, Carrie Condon, who plays Pat, uh, Colin Farrell's uh, sister. And it's just it's it's really funny. It's this great, uh, you know, um, like a, a portrait of like friendship and like what it means to like be nice and what that does for people and like how people deal with depression. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it was just outstanding. Um, and beautiful cinematography as well. Like the way they shoot this Island and like all of its, uh, misty glory is it's, it's amazing. Yeah. I, I have heard again, all these actors are Irish actors. So it is kind of a love story to Ireland as well, because there's these wonderful, this wonderful cinematography for Ireland. But, uh, Hey, I have a question for you. So, uh, Carrie Condon is a member of the MCU. What does she play? Oh, is she really? Yeah. She is she one of the golden people in Guardians? No, oh, that's a good guess, but no. She's got to be the she's got to be the voice of somebody, probably. I'm not sure who is she. She's the voice of Friday. Good guess, buddy. There uh, you go. Why, why, did, why did you say she's got to be the voice? Because you just don't recognize her. Yeah. Like, I, 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 yeah. Knowing what she looks like, I'm like, I've yeah. never seen her face before. And okay, so like, yeah. it, ha- it has to be a voice role. 
Yep, she's the voice of Friday. I'm a little embarrassed that I, um, when I saw the trailer for the Banshees of Inisherin, I I didn't know that it was a, a period piece. I, I just for some reason I think of Ireland and like that's what people look like in Ireland today. <laughs> people in Ireland have always lived in the they just village, look yeah, like they're village, just, villages yeah, with they hot still make stone their, houses. Well, I so I visited there a couple of years ago, and honestly, they kind of do. Like yeah, when you're not in Dublin, uh, they are in these quaint little kind of mountain towns and everybody's kind of wearing wool protestants and, it, and, and I, catholics are it, still fighting they're, they're still caps like they wear i mean they're yeah. they're not it doesn't look like still sheep running around like i'm not the joking no, exactly, i'm not you're not exactly. wrong i mean I, it sounds like we're making fun of them but i'm not it's just that it hasn't why really want to go to ireland quite nowadays frankly. it would be like you'd watch uh bread you'd watch this movie and if it was set in 2022 the only thing that would be different is that every once in a while an actor would take a phone out of their pocket <laughs> and then put it back but that's probably the only difference so Brad, it's, it's funny. That, it's funny that you say that because while I was watching it, I did wonder uh, how fun it would be to do the, the the exact same premise but set it in in a modern setting and see how it would like change and what you would do with it. And I think you could make a really good uh, comedy if you if you did that. I think there's a scene in the, in this updated version where you just like. Uh, Colin Farrell's character texts Brendan Gleeson's character over and over again. There's just no reply. Like that's the kind of stuff that people would do these days, right? Like yeah. what's going on? You're right. I think that that would be ripe for something uh, uh, modern. Um, oh, speaking of of that, uh, uh, I was in the theater watching trailers, and we we haven't covered this on the 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 podcast, and I don't know if we will. But uh, from the I guess it's from the makers of Searching. Have you seen that new trailer, oh. Brad? Yeah, yeah. So um, it's called Missing, missing. right? Yeah, yeah. And so I, yeah. I saw this trailer. And if you don't know what Searching is, it's a, a missing persons movie, but it's 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 filmed through the lens of technology. So everything is either on a FaceTime or on a cell yeah, phone video. They call, they call this sub genre oh, yeah. uh, screen, screen, screen life. And so like everything you see is on a computer screen or a phone or a tablet or a security camera or I'm not going to lie like to you guys. I've, I've pushed away from these movies because I don't love them because I have you have you seen searching? searching? No, but you I think we have talked about this film before, uh, like not not deeply, but we've mentioned it and you guys. Yeah. Once Christmas and and it's over, made me we're, want we're, to see this film because you guys talk so It is solid. Well yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, it I, is. Bre- uh, Nate, I want to be the first to say, okay, it's not the best movie ever made. It's not but Christmas, it's a, it's, Christmas it's, with the Campbells. It's okay. It's a solid, a solid thriller, though, especially, especially, when, especially based on the confines of like the format of the storytelling. So one, once Christmas is over, we'll definitely assign this. So this, this new trailer is made by the same people, and it's very it's a very similar in – I'm sorry, the subgenre again, Brad – uh, screen life. So it's in the screen life genre. Uh, it, it still looks good. It doesn't uh, look as good as uh, as searching. It looks a little bit more horror y. Uh, but man, uh, it, yeah, I, I still am down for that. It's the first time in a long time I've been to the theater and seen previews. So that's why I just brought that up. It's like, oh, that's there's a new movie coming hey, out. Hey, Brad, going back to the Banshees of Inner Sharon, would you put that on your top 10 list probably of the year next to Christmas with the Campbells or what? <laughs> Um, I think that it has a good chance of being on my top 10. I, I still have uh, a handful of movies that I need to see that are coming out here Avatar. Uh, towards the end of the year and stuff that I need to catch up on. Um, but yeah, I, I think that it, it has a good chance of ending up there. But it's I, I always have to like take stock of everything I, I've seen and uh, put make a list of everything that I knew I loved and then figure out which are the ones like I really truly have stuck with me and that like I love the most. So we'll see. Hey, hey Nate, do you think it's time to have a little bit of trailer talk? What are we doing here, folks? Let's do some trailer talk. 
Hey, you know what I want to do? I want to talk about trailers with you and you. That's Ben and Nate, my good friends. And we're going to talk about trailers to the very end. Oh, my God. Very end. Very end. Trailer talk. (laughs) See, Ben? We tried. (laughs) <laughs> all right uh and, we we're, have, and we're and we're gonna talk about trailers to the very end. honestly i don't know about you guys but sometimes there's there's some dry seasons for trailers there's a lot of great trailers coming out right now i mean we're, we have a tech start going on between the three of us and i we share tra- trailers back and forth there's a lot of exciting stuff coming out yeah. that I'm, I'm I'm excited about. So yeah, yeah. and there yeah. was I think so, some comic cons and stuff like that, right, Brad? That that yeah, there was got the, released. And- yeah, this past weekend there's this uh, thing called CCXP, which is Comic Con Experience, and it's basically Brazil's own version of the San Diego Comic Con. Uh, and they typically show some big stuff there for the first time, much like they do at San Diego Comic Con. Uh, we'll talk about the two big trailers that came out uh, a bit later. Let's start with one though that. Uh, some people are probably hearing about it for the first time, and it's such a wild premise. Uh, it's called Cocaine Bear. <laughs> so f- first things first, the the fact that Nicolas Cage is not in this film is just be- be- beguiling. Shocking. <laughs> shocking. Uh, um, so go ahead and tell the people what the, what the story of, the, of this yeah, is. This, wait, so, wait, wait. This true story. Yeah, this is true about- story. Yeah, it is surprisingly based on a, a true story that happened. Uh, so this is essentially a, a black action comedy thriller uh, that follows what happens uh, in Georgia in the 1980s, the small town where uh, a bear uh, accidentally ingests a huge ton of cocaine and just goes <laughs> on a rampage and people are trying to stop it and they simply can't. Um, it is uh, pr- produced and directed by Elizabeth Banks, uh, who you might know from movies like The Forty Year Old Virgin. Yeah, this is not this Zach is not Mary her, by the way. I'm very excited to see what she does with this because this is not, you know, she usually does a pretty traditional comedy. Um, and so yeah, I, about this I, I will say I'm more curious than anything because I don't think she's a particularly great director, to be honest. Um, she did the Charlie's Angels reboot, and mm-hmm. she did she directed uh, Pitch Perfect three, I think it was, maybe it was two. The worst um, of the Pitch Perfect, yeah. Yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't that great. Um, I personally like to pretend that there aren't any Pitch Perfect sequels because the first one is really good and then the, the sequels are not very good. Uh, but the cast in this movie is insane. Uh, Carrie Russell, Osage Action Jr., uh, Alden Ehrenreich, Jesse Tyler Ferguson, uh, Isaiah Whitlock Jr., Matthew Margo Reese. Martindale, Ray Liotta. Yes, Matthew Reese. Uh, just a, a great ensemble cast. So then Ray why, Liotta's final film, by the so, way. Yeah, so then why didn't they spend any money on the production? I mean, about? yeah, what do you mean? It doesn't look... It, doesn't it, look it, cheap. Look, it looks cheap to me. No, it does. I think I think the visual effects still need a little bit of work, but I don't. I hardly think it looks cheap. I just. I'm not even talking about the bear. I'm just talking about like the overall cinematography. It, it looks very much well, like, a, like made, a Sharknado. I, I kind of thought that they're going oh, for a little so. bit of a like. Even then, in their marketing, they're kind of marketing as this. I, I don't even know how to describe it, but but as a to, a, to me, it feel it feel it feels like they're going for like a, a 1980s kind of absurdist crime kind paper of in a crime. way. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. And, and here's the other thing is uh, the other producers on this movie are Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Uh, oh, who, well, now I'm back who, in. Yep. Who, yeah, exactly. Who you should trust implicitly. These are the producers behind uh, the 21 Jump Street series, the Lego movie, Spider-Man uh, they, they, the Spider-Verse. They don't Cloudy miss. with a chance on yeah, meatballs. They, they, they really just don't miss. Those guys are yeah, no, they're, they're cool. Yeah, they just have impeccable taste and they really know how to deliver like a stylized, fun movie that just hits on every level. So there is a book on this uh, that, that was written first. And, and again, 
Uh, well, no. So this is really fascinating because it's so funny. So I watch this, and where my 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 mind and heart goes is the bear dies, right? Because the bear becomes oh, a spoiler alert. No, 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 the bear becomes a cocaine addict, um, and so the bear dies. This is the story, and this is essentially the story about the bear, right? Um, and I start feeling bad about this because the bear dies. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to watch a bear spiral out, you know, and <laughs> spiral out. He uh, lost his job. His cubs don't yeah. call him dad anymore. Yes. Nate, I got to tell you, if you don't want to watch a bear spiral out, you then you don't want to be friends with Ben Connell. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come um, on. I'm sitting right here, Brad. But I, I can't tell you. I am so excited about this film. It's just so absurd. Uh, the story's absurd. Obviously, they're going to flourish it a ton, but it should be fun. Yeah, I don't think that the true story included a bear like climbing a tree after a kid and no. killing him and ripping him in half. You know, I don't know that any of that happened, but it's definitely a fun premise. I'm not over the moon with the production design so far, but obviously there, there's room for improvement there. But there, but again, once you said that, that uh, Lord Miller involved, okay, I'm back in. Yeah, I'm I'm hopeful. I, I you know, like I said, I'm still not confident in Elizabeth Banks's skills as a director, but I this does look like fun. I, th- I think it could be cool. Hey, j- watch it just to to honor the late Ray Liotta. There you go. <laughs> That's true. And on a side note, if you also want to honor the, the late great Ray Liotta, watch uh, the Apple TV Plus series Blackbird. It is spectacular. I've heard of this. What is this? Is this a period piece? It is, yeah. It's it's set in the uh, the early '90s, I think it is, and uh, it takes place. Well, then that's um, not really a period. I mean, it is actually. It is now. I know. Hey, that's 50 years ago. Um, but yeah, it's, it uh, it prominently takes place in Indiana. It's based on a true story. Uh, Taron Edgerton is the lead in it, um, and Ray Liotta plays his father. And it's a crime thriller, um, prison uh, informants kind of story, and it's it's very very good. Um, you guys should definitely take a, take a time to watch it if you haven't. So yeah, Blackbird, Ray Liotta, uh, and we'll see Cocaine Bear soon. When's uh-huh. it come out, Nate? It comes out in late February, I think. Yeah, February 24th. That was also a trailer that we watched before Violent Night, and the three of us, uh, Nate, or, sorry, uh, uh, Luke and, and Zach and I looked at each other like, next movie day? Like, <laughs> that's a, that's definitely one we want to go see in the theater. Awesome. Uh, so now let's get into the big trailers from the week, and we'll start off with Marvel movie territory. We finally got the first trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, hot on the tails of the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Uh, and man, this one looks like a doozy, huh, guys? Guys, I am so sad about this. I am, <laughs> I am honestly, I'm, I'm heartbroken about this. This this seems like this seems like a finality for me, right? I, well, I love Guardians of the Galaxy. I love the characters. I love James Gunn with all my heart. I really do. Uh, you know, James Gunn talks a lot about how he connects deeply to Rocket. Um, that that yeah. he writes he writes Rocket's character essentially like he's writing himself. Um, obviously, in the trailer, you see something with Rocket going on. There's lots of rumors about you know some characters dying. One of them maybe being Rocket. And you know, uh, James Gunn's going to DC. Uh, his his time at Marvel is coming to an end. Uh, at we, least for now. At least for now. But we, we've talked about how, for the three of us, Marvel has played a fairly significant role in our movie enjoyment over the last 10 to 15 years. It, it just seems like a chapter is ending for me, and it saddens me. I'm very excited about this film. It looks very good. I have no... I, I think it's just going to be a fantastic film. But I, I'm also just saddened. I know when it releases, 
that the chapter's over for me. You know, with James Gunn, with Marvel, for now anyway, like you said, with these yeah. characters. Um, and so, I, I don't know. I, it was... Plus, I love Space Hog. The, the song that they used, the trailer was beautiful. Yeah, I really it's loved in, it. used incredibly. Um, you know, some of the other characters have said, Dave Batista is like, I think it's time for me to move on from this. Nobody needs a 70-year-old Drax, you know? Um, and so, <laughs> Which will, for him will be like five years from now. Yeah, yeah. No, he is. He's And he's honest about it. I'm getting older, right? Um, yeah, and that's well, I mean, that's really sounded shitty. I didn't mean it to sound shitty. He is just an older actor now. He's not, he's not 20. He got, he got famous old. Yeah, right? exactly. And so, um, and so it, James... James Gunn himself has said that this this movie is will be the end yep. of the story arc for this iteration of the Guardians of the Galaxy, which, uh, you know, obviously Marvel it's can terrifying. do what they want to. Marvel can do what they want to, you know, with the Guardians of the Galaxy as a franchise. There, are, in the comic books, uh, there are various versions of this team with different characters, and uh, the credit scenes for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two showed us one of those other teams that featured characters who have been in the comics before. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, there's always a chance they could continue. But I, it, once the Guardians, this store one is done, though, I do wonder how they're going to, uh, you know, continue the cosmic side of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Because uh, obviously we have uh, the Marvels, the Captain Marvel sequel on the way. Uh, we have the Eternals, which we haven't gotten confirmation that there is a sequel uh, happening there yet. Um, but, you know, the Guardians are oh, a I big thought we part. Did get, I thought we did get confirmation that Eternal uh, is coming again. Eternal as far as I know, an internal you might be right, has, but I thought has not been officially okay. announced. All right. All right, yay! But yeah, so it's you know we're we just don't know what's uh, going to happen after the Guardians are gone, and how they're going to fill that void on the cosmic side uh, of the of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I'm really interested to see how that's going to play out here as uh, as time goes on. But yeah, and I I'm going to make a prediction. Uh, I don't think they're going to kill Rocket. I do think they're going to kill Drax because. I think that killing Drax is the perfect ending for his character because it means he gets to be with his uh, wife and and um, I think it was daughter, right? Yep. yep. Uh, who were who were killed by Thanos, and uh, since he didn't get to get revenge on Thanos, I think that that's probably the best exit for him is to give him some kind of meaningful death. I thought they were killed uh, by Ronan. Uh, yeah, they were yes. killed by yes. Ronan. Yep. That's yeah, you're right. Sorry about that. Um, and so, uh, Nate, to answer the text that you just sent me to try and uh, tell me that. Uh, no, I, I was just saying. yeah. That, that I wasn't telling you you're wrong. I'm just saying that. No, no, I know. Yeah, that's where I got that. We'll co- also, I will say, Pat and Oswald seem to indicate that there probably might, at least, might be an Eternals movie on the way. Whether or not he knows for sure, or if he's just guessing based on like the fact that they probably talked about ideas and plans and whatnot. Uh, for those who don't know, Pat and Oswald uh, voiced uh, the character that you see alongside Harry Styles in the credit scene of Eternals, uh, Pip the Troll. And so, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know the thing about this Guardians too is there is so much, so much drama behind this 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 final film, right? James Gunn got fired from it. Um, mm-hmm. Well, wrote he, it. Yeah, he got wrote, fired for it. Got hired back. Um, you know, and in the time that he got fired, he went and made Suicide Squad. DC fell in love with him, right? How do you hired not? him as the? Is he essentially the next Kevin Feige for DC? Is that what his role is? I mean. Yeah, I mean, essentially, uh, you know, it's it, it, he's going to be overseeing and shepherding what happens with all of the DC movies and TV shows uh, from here on out. And, and, and I love Suicide Squad and I love Peacemaker. So, I mean, oh, kudos. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be great for us to enjoy. James also, Gunn. do you think this and, and maybe this is just too big of a swing for two giant corporations? But does it mean that maybe, maybe down the road you could see Gunn and Feige getting together and be like, listen, what about what about? DC versus 
Marvel. There's never been a better chance, you right? know, between the no, two. No, yeah, James, they like James, each other. <laughs> you know? James, Gun, James Gunn has, you know, talked about how much he would like to to make that happen. Like Batman before. versus but, Iron Man. Could you imagine? Like just well, that, that type of shit. I mean, I don't know. I don't think it'd do Iron Man since they killed off, you know, Captain Junior. But yeah, I mean, however they choose you to do know it, it, what it would I be mean, a huge. Brad. It would be a, it would be a huge thing. Uh, it would be crazy if they were able to pull it off, you know. Because and I, I, and nothing is off the table because at some at one point people were like, oh, there's no way they can do you know Civil War on the big screen, and there's no sure. way that they can they can ever do the Infinity Saga on the big screen. There's no way they and, can make two different variations of the Fantastic Four. And yeah, yet exactly. we were so lucky to get two. <laughs> but yeah, so it's uh yeah, nothing's off the table and I'm I'm down to to see whatever James Gunn does. I, I tend to agree with you though about you you had mentioned before that you don't think it's Rocket. I think the first trailer James Gunn does do something and and trailer makers as well, right? Where they'll try to lead you down a path in the trailer. A- anytime you're going to show me young yeah. Rocket and then morphing into old rocket oh just rocket's gonna fucking die well, <laughs> I mean, it's gotta I can't be remember right? if i tweeted it or something where it's like here i am late at night watching a trailer of a, a raccoon slash you know i know he doesn't like to be called a raccoon but it is rocket raccoon he prefers trash yeah. panda <laughs> that doesn't exist and right. i'm crying yeah <laughs> you know? no and james gunn is probably almost uniquely qualified to take the most silliest, the silliest premise in the world with the most yep. ridiculous characters and truly make you feel. Yeah, he that, makes you care. He makes you care about outcasts. Yep. Well, yep. Not even, but it's not just outcasts. It's outcasts that are physically repulsive or or weird or different. That like, it's not just being the the, the sad kid at the table. A lot of directors have have made that movie, but this is completely because it's an action comic book movie, and then yep. you're still feeling those feelings. Like it's a it's a true talent. Should be a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I'm about super this. pumped. Super comes pumped. out uh, May 5th. If anybody wants to know, so we got some time. I'm sure there'll be another trailer or two that comes out before then. We'll try. To talk I'm probably not going to watch them. I just like to go in after the first one. <laughs> Good. Uh, speaking of another first trailer, we have the trailer for the new Indiana Jones movie, which also finally has a title: and Indiana the Jones, Dial of Destiny. Yes. Yeah. Hey, you try it, Brad. Said, See what you would said, do with that one. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Oh, I like that. Was a nice little play there. What about you, Ben? Uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. You went with me okay? That's just a try. That's just a try hard. What? Come on. What are you doing? All right. Well, all right. All right. I got. I got a different one. Take two. Okay. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. <laughs> there we go. Yes. Hey, okay, Yoda. <laughs> I would love. I would love Destiny of the Dial. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so this is uh, super exciting. So this is actually the trailer, uh, pretty much exactly, except for like I think a couple like bigger action shots, maybe that they played at the D twenty three Expo back uh, in September, I think it was. Um, but yeah, so I, I was very excited to finally have everybody else see this trailer, so they can get a look at what is coming for this Indiana Jones movie. Because this one's not directed like Steven Spielberg, like all the other ones. Uh, it's directed by James Mangold, who directed Logan and Three Ten to Yuma and uh, some other movies. He's done a couple uh, but things. It, yeah, but it feels like he has really captured the spirit of Indiana Jones and some of the directing uh, style and flourishes of Steven Spielberg. Uh, and this looks like an improvement, uh, at least just just based on the trailer, in every way over Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, the, I wasn't even mad at the de aging stuff. It, it didn't look bad compared I to had, it, it's I Uncanny Valley a little it. bit. Sure, but I think no, I think it looks really good. The only part I think that needs a little bit of adjusting still is uh, just around the eyes a little bit. It's yep, still, yep, I, I, I think. I think I think they'll perfect it by the time the movie is out. Well, Harrison still, Ford has you know, always been dead behind the eyes, so it should be pretty <laughs> oh, easy to do. Oh, boy. 
<laughs> hey, uh, so obviously, Ben, I think one of the Indiana Jones films is one of your top 10 films, right? No, you don't love it? Not mine. Okay. No, it's, it's me. It's oh, it's you. Okay. So you love. Okay. So what do you think about this? Harrison Ford has said essentially that when he dies, Indiana Jones dies with him. Do you think that's that should happen? Or is this a character that should live in infamy? Should, should we continue infamy? going in perpetuity? Hey, well, first of all, he should not live so, in infamy. Um, first of all, I think I, I think Harrison Ford's probably going to die before they reboot Indiana Jones. Uh, so I guess I guess he'll be right. <laughs> no, no, I know, he, but, I, but he's but saying like it'll die with me. Like he'll never, they'll yeah. never. I, no, no, I, no, I no, am no. him. No, 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 no. I know. I, I think that I, first of all, he has no control over. That, exactly, so, <laughs> it's such a uh, weird thing to say. Uh, Disney, Disney knows Indiana Jones, uh, and Lucasfilm knows that Indiana Jones is one of their staple characters. And so I, I don't think that they'll be done with Indiana Jones forever. I definitely think they will give the character a rest. But they've already, they're already talking about um, Shia you know, LaBeouf expanding, <laughs> expanding the Indiana Jones uh, universe by doing a TV series. Uh, that won't feature Indiana Jones. Uh, and it's not anything that is like the young Indiana Jones Chronicles, the TV show that aired in the, the early nineties. Uh, but Disney plus is apparently developing one. And I think it's supposed to uh, focus on, um, I'm forgetting the name of the character, unfortunately, but, uh, and, but yeah, so it, it, it will not feature Indiana Jones. It will focus on, uh, it'll take place is for it like the Waller bridges character. Or? No, no, they're not doing a passing of the torch. I, I want to say that it was, it's like one of his, um, it's going to be like, called danger things. And it's going to have a group of precocious children that all have whips. Danger things. I mean, uh, it sounds pretty good to me. Um, <laughs> I'm not taking a hard hey, pass. This is also. Uh, did you guys read this? That this is also John Williams's final score. Yes. Did he that die? That's true. No, he's he's no, done. He's so. he's retired. Well, he's, he's 95. Retired. Yeah, he's old. He's but old. but somebody that's had such a integral role in the soundtracks and the scores that we've all loved. Oh, yeah. the, it's, the, it's another thing that kind of said. The problem for composers is that nobody knows. Like a few people, obviously Brad and his his ilk know, and, and even tangentially, we know because we watch a lot of movies. But the general public has no idea the impact that he has had on their movie going experience. They just don't know. I feel like he's one of those people that actually exists in the public vernacular. No, they very do. Few more more do. than most, but yeah. still, no, that, that, your no, average that's the thing is over. No. I mean, I don't know. I, I think I, I agree that like m- probably like it's, it's not somebody where everybody knows his name, but John Williams is one of like maybe two or three composers who is famous enough and has written enough music that with the, people know the themes that like people do know. His Him name. and Danny Elfman. Maybe, here's the, you know? here's the issue that I have with that. Yeah. Yes and no. You could say, do you know that uh, you know, who is John Williams? And like maybe 30 out of 100 adults will say he's a composer. Right. And then you could play a very famous theme and say who Certainly. wrote this yep. and like one out of a hundred would get it like they don't know which ones he's written i don't know i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it that's the next trivia we are bringing a hundred people into the studio <laughs> and we are asking them. so and to follow up to uh the it's rumored that the indiana jones uh series would be a prequel that follows uh marion's father who is Karen Allen's character from okay. Raiders of the Lost War Ark, who was uh, like a fellow adventurer. So yep. then when the first movie, uh, be, uh, Raiders takes place in like 1920 something. Something like that. And so this one will take place in 1994 because he's now 89 years old. He's like, when, when takes, does this actually play, take place? Well, if you, if you look at the details of the trailer, you'll see the, yeah, you'll see the, the ticker tape parade in there that indicates that it's happening after the Apollo 11 moon landing. Uh, and so that happens in what year, Ben? 
1969. Yes, that is correct. Good job. Uh, so yeah, that's that's when this movie is going to be taking place. Um, honestly, I don't. If they keep Indiana Jones going by doing this Disney Plus series thing, I just wish that they would just let uh, Kei Hui Kwan pick up you know the, the torch, not as Indiana Jones, but let him be adult short round and have him be an adventurer like Indiana Jones. He he's on a huge comeback because of everything everywhere all at once. Uh, he's you know really riding this this wave. So like g- give him an Indiana Jones show. Yeah, there was one thing about this trailer that I, I struggled with. And there, it, there was a line in the trailer. Did you guys notice the line? Go ahead. I, I don't know what you're talking about. So no. Yeah. It's not so much what you believe, but it's how you believe it. That line drove me crazy. No, it's not. It's not how you believe something. <laughs> right? No, doesn't he that, say that's what like anti-vaxxers no, say? No, no, it's, like, it's not what you believe. It's how hard you believe it. Isn't that what he says? Yeah, yeah. It's how hard you believe it. So yeah, it's 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 not just what you believe. It's how hard you. Yeah, believe not it. how you believe it. It's how hard you believe it. But it's not just what you believe. Right, it's but, how hard you believe. Yeah, I get that though. Like, it's, it's know, how, I, how much, how how convicted are you of that? You yeah, can, I, listen, I, feel, I believe that apples I, are good. For I you. heard that as him saying, like, you know, believe what you want, just believe it with all your no, heart. No, I look at it like it, it, apples are good for you, but do you eat one every day? Like, okay. you know, yeah. The, so the you interpreted that differently. I interpreted it as somebody saying, "Hey, doesn't matter what you believe, just believe it sincerely." <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, we don't need more of that right now. We don't need more so, of that. Uh, let me break in here because that's basically like saying in, in when in in Rocky Balboa, Rocky says, you know, for the fifteenth yep. time, yeah, it's, it's not oh when you get knocked down, it's it's that you get up again. We're not saying that to Nazis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, it's, exactly. It's, <laughs> and it's and there, there's probably a context we're missing here, where it's about, about that, like, like like a mag- magical artifact or like some some myth or something like that. And, and, and it's funny because I had just been reading the news, I've been reading politics, and then I watched that trailer, and I'm like, I'm not sure. No, like January Sixers no. need to hear this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not meant for them, Nate. Uh, much like I don't think it was really directed at Putin. Like yeah. Ukraine's not going good, but keep going. <laughs> we're not we're That's not it. saying that. I'm like I. I Indiana Jones, I love you. I'm not sure if I agree with you right now. That's <laughs> so awesome that you took it that way. I love that so much. But yeah, so Indiana Jones uh, comes out next year. It's supposed to be Harrison Ford's last turn as Indy. And supposed when does to it come be. Out, I mean, he's going to be 81 when it releases. Oh my God. June 20th. Uh, so it comes out June 20th. Uh, summer blockbuster. It's going to do great. Yeah, it, it'll, make, uh, it'll make, what, $500 million? You know? I mean, j- just domestically, probably. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. How, I've not seen how how beloved Indiana Jones is worldwide, um, but it's going to do well here for sure. I, and I trust James Mangold. I do. I mean, the guy makes good movies. It's the first Indiana Jones that doesn't have any George Lucas involvement. So it'll, it'll be even better. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, George Lucas was pretty good when it came to the Indiana Jones movies. Yeah, yeah. In he the was involved in the, the last in the one. In the 80s and 90s. Anything else? We're done. No, no, no. <laughs> That's what, I just want to make sure we sat with with Ben's nonsense. I mean, come on! What you, you, you just say? Carp in the prequels and they were amazing. Get out of here, Christy. No, Alley died. No one's no one said that. You're talking about Star Wars, though. Yeah, but same difference. Like, if you give him free reign on Indiana Jones these days, he would have the same cuckoo bananas ideas and be like, "Yeah, that's that's probably how they got the monkeys." Well, Steven Spielberg had free reign on Indiana Jones and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and didn't work out too well for him. Now, did it? Exactly. Neither did the Fable Woman. So let's move on. You shut your dirty mouth. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Have I seen the Fablemans since 
We you that have, took yeah. 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 I was surprised you. God it, damn it! I can't believe like, I brought it, it up. It didn't, didn't have that much of an impact on you. Is that uh, why? Yeah, just no. no you forgot I, about it already. I completely forgot that we that I had seen it like since the last podcast. I thought I saw it and talked about it on the previous episode. Oh my goodness! Okay, stop the podcast. Hold on a second, guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah. no, sorry, we've actually wanna, moved past it. You'll have to talk about it next. Sorry, buddy. No, no, that's not happening. Uh, I want to point out uh, that Ben Conowitz uh, lamented the, the, the fact that he just couldn't get excited about Fablemans with our friend John Cessna, who said one of the most pretentious things that he's ever said. And by the way, you're and, about to loop me in with John here, and I didn't, I'm not, I didn't do the pretentious. You, you agreed. No, no, but you're you, making no, you me sound like I'm you pretentious agreed. like that. I, I, you, like you, you agreed with what he said, and and you know what? I'm going to quote him. Okay, go and ahead. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you what it is that he said so that you can you can understand I'm what not it is excited that you for this movie with. it's okay i don't need here, to watch a guy here, suck himself off for 2 hours so that's the thing is that's, is that's not what he's doing and that's what makes it truly great so here's what john Cessna said unpopular opinion nothing is going to get me to care about the fablemans ben Conowitz, dude i feel the same way yeah i feel the same way it's, how much do you have to pay for that tweet uh 50 cents <laughs> i got a, I got, so, yeah. I got a green check mark it's different <laughs> Uh, so, I don't so what care. Is I just don't care, Brad. I just so what? Is, so what is great about Fablemans is that uh, while it could easily be this nostalgic walk down memory lane for Spielberg and chronicling how he fell in love with film, it's so much more of a reflective piece examining this family that was that that was broken and he didn't realize it until uh, it was too late. And there's there's this rumination on what it, what he does behind the camera, not Spielberg, but anybody. And like the the power it wields, uh, the way you point the camera at something, the way you you shape it, and the story you tell, and why you tell it, and it's it's a story that's told not in a in a way where he's looking back fondly, but he's looking back in a way that feels therapeutic and reflective. Like he's he's working through stuff more than he ever has before. And after seeing this movie, it made me uh, look at Catch Me If You Can in a much different light because I feel like it's the movie that that strays closest to the kind of family dynamic he had uh, when he was younger and how Spielberg like identified with, with Frank Abagnale jr. Cause catch me if you can't based on a real story. Sure. Um, but and Spielberg has always done stuff about, you know, his uh, some issues that he had with his, uh, his father and like, you know, broken family dynamics and things like that. Uh, but I was, th- this was less nostalgic than I anticipated. And it really provides this different uh, approach to like, the idea of following your dreams as a filmmaker, because it digs into how, how difficult that, that really is. Because in order to do that kind of similar to what La La Land does is like, it's not just following your dreams and being happy about it. It's knowing that it's probably going to tear apart certain aspects of your life. And it's going to uh, open up doors and windows that maybe you weren't expecting. Um, but it's, it's just the, it's very well acted. It's beautifully shot. Uh, Michelle Williams is great as uh, essentially the proxy for Spielberg's mother. Paul Dano is also fantastic in a more subtle way as his father. But Gabriel LaBelle, the guy who plays young teenage Steven Spielberg, man, this guy is awesome. Like it's a, it's a breakthrough performance. He's, he's incredible in it. And it's just, uh, it's just, a, it's a fantastic movie. This, this one will easily make uh, my top 10. It's just, it's stellar. I always put a, a, a caveat on the, the, your reviews of Spielberg movies just because I know how much you love the guy and, and it, it maybe colors your, your vision of his movies a little bit, but I, I'm sure it's going to be very I, I, good. I can't wait to see this. I, no, love- I, I, I like to fuck around with you, Brad, but of course, I mean, it's it's a very it's, it's going to be a good movie. It's going to be very solid. Uh, I, I am looking forward to it. I just don't I'm not in love with him as a filmmaker as much as you are. And so that's why it's hard for me to be that amped up for it, you know? 
that's that's actually the thing I think that I also love the most about it is that even if even if this wasn't about Steven Spielberg, it would be a great movie because there aren't a lot of winks and nods that this is about Spielberg unless you actually know Spielberg's life story. Um, and so it's 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 just as much a a coming of age family drama about anybody as it is about Steven Spielberg. There are, there are only like two or three things where he's like, he's making a little bit of like a cheeky reference to himself. And it's not even something that's obvious. It's something that like people fans who, like you no, would no, know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I love post world war two era. Like I, I love fifties, early sixties films, and this is set in that era. So I wanted to see it as well, but the I love Michelle Williams. I love Paul Dano. Dano, have we decided what it is? Dano or Dano? It's Dano. Okay, but you D- say Dano. Dano. <laughs> uh, I, I really do. I love him so much. So the acting in this, I, how is the only one that makes me a little nervous? How is Seth Rogen in this film? He's he's good. You know, he like he he plays uh, Spielberg's basically like makeshift uncle. Like he's uh, he's their their family friend, and he's not bad. Uh, and no, not not at all. He like he he play like, like plays the role that like you um that someone like Seth Rogen is good at playing. He doesn't like ham it up or anything like that. But he's supposed to be like a bit more fun and a bit yep. like you know like 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 an uncle. You know he's he's good at it. and Judd Hirsch uh, has a great another guy. I love I love too. Judd Hirsch yeah. as well. So yeah, so the acting in this, the actors, the team involved makes me want to see this film. Uh, I love the era of this film, so I'm excited about it. I knew you would love it again because I know you love Steven Spielberg. But it didn't. It didn't require me because I. I don't. I'm not ambivalent. I like Steven Spielberg, but yeah, I'm not like you are with Steven Spielberg. And I still saw the trailer and thought this looks great. So I'm. I'm excited about it. Yeah, you. You will see it and you will love it. And Ben can sit in a corner. I said I'm probably gonna see it. I mean, you'll probably have to see it because it's gonna get a Best Picture nomination. Oh. Oh, that's a okay. bold, bold, claim. bold claim there. Uh, so yeah, so that's uh, that's the, the end of our reverse back to the movies that we've been watching, and uh, now we're, <laughs> now hey, did you guys watch any trailers? I you know there are three good trailers. There's just a lot of good trailers dropping right now, so it's hard to just yeah. talk. And about there's two. and there's a, and there's a couple more we could we could have yeah, talked about exactly. too, but we'll save them for the next episode. Right, okay. Sounds good, uh, uh, Brad. Where where can the people find you, buddy? Uh, you know, always at slashfilm.com, uh, writing and, and editing and also tweeting still because Twitter's still going at Ethan <laughs> underscore Anderton. And uh, Hive is dead for now, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I signed up and I got my information stolen. I signed so that up was and I great. added you and that's it. Yeah. Thanks for doing yeah. that, buddy. So, so that's fun. Um, but yeah, so check out Ethan, at Ethan underscore Anderton on, on Twitter and also Nate Laux on Twitter and Ken Bonowitz on Twitter. That's you all of all us. That. Yeah. Yeah. On, on the get- beats. Help help us out by rating the podcast. It was fun. I got to look at our our kind of anchor where we host our podcast. Does this kind of thing where you know it, it kind of tracks over the year, kind of like the Spotify lists have. Uh, anchor is owned by Spotify, and it was fun to see how many new listeners we have this year. Quite a bit of you, and so it's been great. Uh, if you're a fan of this podcast, rate it. Please help us out. Share it. We want to keep on growing next year. It's it's honestly a ton of fun to hear from you on our Facebook. And let's be Twitter, honest, we want we, this to be our full-time job. We, we want to just quit our lives and do podcasting. I, I'm not doing this full-time within six months. I'm done. We, exactly. So you, <laughs> so you know what? The gauntlet has been laid. You have six months to make us very popular. Uh, guys, I think we've been doing it for six months. So I think Shut we're done. Done. Hey, stop it. Uh, that's it. Bye, everybody. Bye. Nah, cheating, eh?